the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. One of the darkest pictures ever painted, Romans chapters 1 through 4. But there is hope at the end of this darkness, as we'll see next, here on Abounding Grace. Join us. The Ministry of Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. This is Abounding Grace. Hi there. And welcome to today's program, which has us back in the book of Romans, chapter 2. No escape for hypocrites. Now, question is, are you a hypocrite? I think it's safe to say we all, to one fashion or another, find ourselves in that category. Let's explore it further, shall we? As we seek to understand this black backdrop that the diamond of grace shines brilliantly against. Here's Pastor Gary with today's broadcast of Abounding Grace. Look at what mercy does. Look at what a sense of self-honesty does when we face our sins and our crimes against God. And God doesn't say, oh, David, I'm surprised. I thought you were a lot better than that. No, he then brings us back in step with the truth about ourselves. When we realize I am sinful. And my only hope is God's mercy. My sin is always before me. Oh, God, forgive it like Micah says. He may cast it into the depths of the sea, but I am permanently bruised because I know what I have done against God. And yet, look at his blessed mercy to me. Look how he has forgiven me. Now, I'm going to go teach other sinners your ways, Lord. They will then be converted to you. O Lord, restore unto me the joy of your free spirit so I can tell other people what you have done for me. You see, hypocrites, they creep around and they pretend. And they keep one foot in the world and their other foot with the godly, trying to play both sides. And they are miserable. But you cannot serve two masters. It is impossible. But when God comes to us with his word and he rips off our mask and it's painful and it hurts. It's no fun to have the mask of self-deception and hypocrisy torn off. My lies, my self-interest, my self-image. I've worked so hard to give people this certain view of me. But oh, when God tears it off. It's exhilarating. It caused the Samaritan woman to run through the village like a 12-year-old girl again. She had been a serial adulteress. And she just screamed at the top of their lungs, Come on, come on, and let me tell you about a man who told me everything I have ever done. Come see this man who finally, finally tore my mask off. And I could. See my filth. But I saw, so saw hope. And I saw mercy in him. And 
We have to stay focused more, beloved, or these words from God won't do you and I any good. You can't walk out of here and say, well, I I know I'm a hypocrite. If you walk out of here like that, your condemnation is going to be worse because self-condemnation without repentance is also a mask. Because you see, hypocrisy has many masks. It has a world of closets full of them. And it is also called hell already entered into our souls. But that doesn't buy off God. It actually increases our condemnation because we know better. So you have to hear the other side today. God heals hypocrites. How does he do this? Through his word. So let me encourage you. We are all being searched right now. Don't run from that light. The Lord Jesus Christ walks among the candlesticks right now at this minute. His word is open to us to open the prison doors of our self-delusion and our hypocrisy. But we have got to come to him humbly. We've got to come confessing our sins. We have to be willing to be exposed and to confess them. So when you hear these words of Paul, don't run into your own feelings and just go deeper and deeper. Let me tell you something. There's no salvation in your feelings. There's no salvation in morbid preoccupation and curiosity with your own thoughts about yourself and your sin. Because the sorry thing about sinners, and that includes every one of us, is that we wear so many masks. We're like the god Janus. The masks just keep on rotating. And we think, okay, that's the real me. No, there's only one place that shows us the real us. And that is God's word. And we have to come to it. And then the way we are preserved from a hypocrisy moving forward is that we keep coming to his word. We keep asking the Lord to Reveal ourselves to us. Let me encourage you to come. The only one who is fooled by our hypocrisy is us. And we're not really fooled all that well. God is certainly not fooled by it. So draw near to God, you hypocrites, including this preacher. Draw near to God, you double-minded, and he will cleanse you. And he will bring life and salvation. We were reminded in verse 3 that there is no escape for hypocrites. Now we can escape men, and it's, a, and it's possible for everyone to spend all of their lives right to the end as a hypocrite. Remember, Judas did. Right to the end. He didn't fool Jesus, but he fooled the others close to him Peter, James, John, and Andrew, and Philip, Nathaniel, Bartholomew. He he fooled all of them. You can fool people who are very close to you, but you cannot fool God. He says in verse 3, And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things and does the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? One of the last sermons Pastor Greg Bonson ever preached, he preached at Joe Moorcraft's former church, Chalcedon Presbyterian, around 1990. 
And the title of that sermon was, How's it going in your neighborhood? I listened to the sermon just a few weeks ago, and I really don't think I'm ever going to forget it because it brought out something very important, and that is particularly for those who are more socially and culturally conscious. We have to expose sin. I've already said that uh, about Jesus, that we have to judge righteously. We have no choice, beloved. We have to stand against evil. It is imperative that we do so and expose it. But if our neighborhood is in shambles, is the world really going to listen to any of us? Here we are defending the traditional family. And the world looks at us and says, how's it going over there with you people? 50% divorce rate? And you're telling me that I shouldn't go to the gay pride parade in San Francisco? It's so nasty with all of those vile people. But yet I work with Christian businessmen who tell dirty jokes. And my boss who goes to church on Sunday has a, a little sweetie on the side. I work with some Christian men who have a little pornography stored on their computers. So it's like, disconnect. Don't tell me about your Christ. I'm telling you, that is how the world looks at the church. Now, the world is not our judge. But Peter said we need to live godly lives so we can shut the mouths of evildoers. And we cannot shut their mouths if our lives are cesspools. Now, granted, I realize we may think here, and it may be true, that God is doing a work in our midst. And I rejoice in that. And our families are growing. But let me tell you, even that can become an occasion for pride and hypocrisy unless we consistently attribute everything good to God. Everything. Men, are you having victory over the lust of the flesh, the lust of your eyes? Well, it's not your willpower, brother. It's not your inner resolve because you don't have any inner strength, just like I don't. It is the power of God. It is the footsteps of the pure and the holy one in your midst. Wives, are you being more content with your husbands, not trying to wear the pants, not complaining as much? Let me tell you, that is not because of your resolve. That is because of Jesus and the power of his spirit in your midst. That is how the godly keep from turning into hypocrites. Because when we see the things that God does, our hearts are melted by his goodness. Is your heart melted or is it bitter? Do you want more than you have? Or can you not see the goodness that God has already done? And are you mad because he, doesn't, he hasn't done all the good that you want him to do? We can't complain if he doesn't give us heaven and earth, beloved. We need to be content and happy with whatever speck of gold he gives us. Yeah, well, I want more specks. I want more of God's blessings. But he's not going to give them until I am thankful and humbled by his goodness now, which is what verse 4 is all about. 
And we better be sure that we give the right answer to the question Paul asks in this verse. Verse 3 says, we are not going to escape if we are hypocrites because God sees through it all. There's no pretending with him. He sees it all. Young men, it is the best thing for you early in life. The best thing. And let me encourage you to do it early because the more you play the game, the tighter the mask becomes. In fact, it becomes glued to the face. Find a quiet place in your home, in a park near your house, and get on your face before God and you humbly confess your vileness to Him, the secret sins of your heart that you can see you are struggling with, and learn to be open and broken before Him. Oh, it's tough, but it's better than the alternative, which is His wrath against hypocrites and self-deception. And there's nothing more liberating than this. But if we don't do this, we despise, verse 4, his goodness. I'm certain Paul was thinking of the Jews here. Remember? Deliverance from Egypt, the Red Sea, the wilderness, manna from the sky, quails from the wind. God was so good to them. This is one of the reasons I believe we like to read the Old Testament so much. Oh, isn't God good? Isn't he kind? I mean, to Jeremiah, God says, my thoughts toward you are good. Micah 7, 1, I delight in mercy. God is so good to his people. As we also see in verse 4, he was forbearing. That means he was restrained from giving us what our sin deserve. He, he pulls back from chastening us as we deserve. Remember Kadesh Barnea? God says, Moses, get out of my way. I'm going to obliterate these people right now and I'll make a nation out of you. But Moses interceded and God pulled back his hand. I mean, certainly he was going to pull back his hand the whole time. But that's the secret things of God. And we, must have to, we have to deal with what he says to us because we are his children. And God restrained his hand in mercy and kindness. In the time of the judges, God would be good to them, give them the land, protect them. It was a fat and sassy time. But they would fall back into their evil. And God would lay his heavy hand upon them again. Oh God, it's terrible. The Midianites are coming against us. What are we going to do? Okay, I'll deliver you. And he raises up one of the good judges and they are right back up on the top of things. Oh, hey, looky here. We can see again. Everything is great. And then they go right back down. Why? Because of presumption, despising God's goodness and his forbearance and his long suffering. Peter said, God's long-suffering, his patient endurance with us is our salvation. But if we play the hypocrite and we despise all of that, we spit in his eye. Think about what the Lord has done for the church in this nation. It is amazing. We have the freedom to worship God as he calls us to. And And it's not only guaranteed in the Constitution, but more importantly, it is a gift from heaven. We have the liberty to assemble. 
We've had preachers galore for the last two or three hundred years who have come and taught us the way of God. He has been good to us. He put us in a good place. And what? We have grown fat and sassy. We have one foot in the church and the other in the world. Well, hey, you know, I want a little bit of God, but I want to have a little bit of fun too. And then God restrains his hand. I'm not alone, I don't think. But in some respects, I feel like the death angels at the door of the church in this land. The question is, is he going to get through? God has been very forbearing with us. Why? Well, forget everything that's going on in the city of man right now. It's not important. I promise you, it's not important. Forget everything that is going on with it and just think on this one thing. God doesn't think like we do. But God is thinking about His people today and He is saying, Is there any that seeks me? Is there any that understands? He is saying, Is there any who are thinking on how good God has been, how much I have blessed. Any of you fathers thinking on this today? God has been so kind to me. He has been so restrained in not giving me what I deserve. He has been so forbearing, so patient. I have provoked Him to His face so many times by my willful sins when I knew better. I'm worse than any sodomite marching in the gay parade in San Francisco. I'm the dog because I knew better. I knew better. Okay, so what do we do with those thoughts? Wives, God has been so good to you. You say, my husband is not perfect, but either am I. He loves me. He reads God's word to me, maybe not as often as I would like, but always when I ask, he provides for me. I've not gone hungry. We've got wonderful children. We have been remarkably preserved from diseases in this congregation and all kinds of other things. Why has God been so good to us? One reason to lead us to repentance, to say, God, be merciful. Lord, you have been so kind, so patient, so forgiving, so long-suffering. My heart needs to be melted by your goodness. And then we turn our eyes on ourselves, on my filth. He has been so good to me despite the fact that I'm so filthy, so ungrateful, so hypocritical, so despiteful, so sensual, so self-indulgent, so many lies, so much ingratitude. Oh, my Savior, that is enough in God's goodness to melt our hearts forever if we let it. Look at what God laid upon His Son, all of my filth, all of my ingratitude, all of my presumptions, all of my hypocrisy. He laid upon the back of His beloved Son. And he gave his back to the smiters. And he gave his cheeks to those who plucked out his beard. But it was my shame. It was my misery that he took upon himself. Oh God, you have been good to me. You have been so faithful. 
I just want you. I don't care what part of my filth needs to be exposed. It doesn't matter. I just want you. Rip my mask off. I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to fall into what your people of old fell into. I don't want my religiosity to be a cloak of pride. My family, my way of life. I don't want to hide. I want to come to the light of your presence. I want to have a humble heart for your goodness to me. And to walk with you. Let me tell you what. I have just described as the dynamic of the book of Deuteronomy and much of the Old Testament that will bring stability to your daily life. To remember every morning, every afternoon, every evening before you go to bed, wait a minute. Who am I that God would be so good to me? We spend so much time worrying about this child has problems. That child has problems. My wife or my husband is dealing with this issue. And that may all be true. And we can't be passive in dealing with them. But at the same time, there has got to be a sense behind it all. Look how faithful, how patient, how long-suffering, how merciful, how good, how kind, how benevolent, how generous. My Heavenly Father has been with me. This is also the reason, by the way, why even people who go through horrible things like divorce and death and job loss, who are believers, don't turn bitter. People who go to war, as my dad told me one time, so many of them who fought in World War II just became bitter. World War I, Vietnam, the Iraqi War. And they turned to drugs. And to drinking. But the only resolve for such consequences is to turn to God and repent. So turn your eyes, believer, off of your problems. And at some level, you can turn your eyes off of your hypocrisy and look at the goodness of God and be melted be melted to repent and say, Father, I have no secret sins in my life that I'm trying to hide from you. There are no areas in which I claim the right to do whatever I want to do. Everything I have belongs to you. Oh God, search me. See if there be any wicked way in me and take it away, please. I just want to be yours and walk with you. How important is it that you do this? Well, let me just give you one analogy today before we close. The Jews didn't believe. And they crucified the Lord of glory. The Jews didn't repent. And Jerusalem was torched in 70 AD. Why? Because God hates hypocrites. So come before him. He offers himself to us. He is about to give us the Lord's Supper. And he says, come and learn of me. Take my yoke upon you. Be open. Be exposed. Judge yourselves now. Bring your griefs to him. Throw your mask into the fire of his holy word. And he says, be mine exclusively. And I will be a father to you and your children and I will be with you and bless you. Turn from hypocrisy, beloved. Let God's goodness lead you to repentance and understand 
that at the bottom of the hell there is a place reserved for God's most terrifying miseries and pains and judgments. And it will not be just the Sodomites who will be there. It will not be just the lesbians. It will not be just the Democrats. It is for those, says our Savior, who knew their master's will and did not do it. And what is worse, they condemned other people for doing the same things they themselves did in secret. It is life or death, heaven or hell. And Jesus offers himself to us today and says, Come unto me, I will cleanse you. I will forgive you. Amen. Well, this has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. As we have closed out our time together today, I would remind you that our desire is to know how this program encourages you in Christ. Now, there are a couple of three ways that you can contact us to provide us with this information. And again, it would really encourage us a great deal if you'd take a moment and let us know how the program is encouraging you in your walk and relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's how to contact us. Phone number is 408 408- Eight six six five six zero seven. That's four zero eight eight six six five six zero seven. Our website, where you can drop us an email and even learn a bit more about us, is reformedheritage.org. And then, of course, you can write to us at PMB. That stands for Post Mailbox Number four zero two fourteen eighty four Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California. The zip code is nine five zero three two. Now, there is another way you can contact us, and this would be the best of all, especially if you're not involved in a church at this time. Plan on visiting. Let us uh, fellowship face-to-face, as it were. We meet at Lone Hill Church, 2 in the afternoon on Sundays at 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org, or by calling 408-866-5607. By the way, copies of the broadcast are just $5. Mention today's date when you contact us, and we'll get a CD out to you right away. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.